Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's time for the Bob Pompiani Show. An in-depth look at local sports with KDKA-TV's own Bob Pompiani. Brought to you by PNC Bank, number one Cochran, Ireland Contracting, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. The Bob Pompiani Show on Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. Good morning, everyone. Alongside, actually, I'm not alongside, Nate Haluschak. He's back at the station. I'm sitting down here in my basement. Uh, pretty soon, I'll be going out where you can hear the birds. So when I'm on with Cook, and Starkey coming up on Mondays. I'll be outside. I'm sure that'll be annoying. Wind chimes, birds, but it's a great time of the year. Spring is in the air. Temperatures will be in the 50s this week. I'm looking forward to it with plenty of sunshine. And we hope we can bring some sunshine to you today uh, as we get started with this weekend. Uh, we can offer up the phone lines here in case you have a comment about anything in sports locally or nationally, whatever. It's 412-928-9370. It's also the Number for the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. You can follow us on Twitter at 937TheFan, driven by Jim Shorkey Key in Wexford, North Huntington, and Uniontown, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Visit shorkeykia.com. We also should tell you the fan hotline when you come in is brought to you by Workers' Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Competis. So, let's start with what's going on with fans at games. I'm to the point now where I need to see restrictions lifted a bit here when it comes to fans at games. We've seen it in other states and we're not seeing it here in Pennsylvania. It's time for that to happen. You can do it safely. It's been proven. Uh, A lot of these places open up and we don't see any residual effects. So it's time for that to happen. Tom Wolf has to be on that. And I say that because coming up this week, there are three home games against the Philadelphia Flyers. What better time to open up the gates a little bit here and allow people into PPG Paints Arena than against the Philadelphia Flyers? So hopefully that will happen. If you have an opinion, call 412-928-9370. The Penguins 
since we're on that topic. It's the Flyers next week, but it's the Islanders tonight. Two games over the weekend, and the Islanders are ahead of the Penguins here. If you take a look at the standings in the East, it's Boston first, tied with the Capitals, both 24 points, both 19 games played. The Islanders one point behind, also 19 games played at 23. The Flyers and the Penguins. The Flyers are ahead of the Penguins currently, both with 21 points. Penguins have played 18 games, but the Flyers have only played 16 games. So those next games next week are going to be really, really difficult and interesting and very important in the East. The Penguins suffered a big injury the other night with uh, Jason Zucker, who got his uh, skates tangled up. And, you know, it was ugly then and it's ugly now because it's longer term. Mike Sullivan says he's hopeful he could return this season, but that doesn't sound encouraging at all. So the question moving forward for them is who moves up into the second line? The other night it was Zach Aston Reese who got the opportunity to start. Jarrett McCann's going to be back hopefully soon. Maybe he could be that guy. It would be also interesting to see a guy like uh, Brandon Tanev, who's a high-energy guy, bring a little energy and emotion to that line, along with Rust and Malkin. The Penguins got back into uh, a rut on power play the other night, whereas they passed up good opportunities in order to make the highlight reel pass. And they had gotten more fundamental... Uh, about a week and a half ago when they started to shoot the puck more, they had opportunities against the Washington game and they just simply could not do it. And as a result, they lose that game 5-2. to two. There are a number of interesting components in that game um, that I want to talk about. Number one is Tom Wilson. Many of you don't like Tom Wilson, and I understand why. Tom Wilson is a unique hockey player in 2021. He's unique because not many people can do what he does. He's Kevin Stevens in 2021. He's a big six foot four inch locomotive, 220 pounds, nasty, dirty. He's been suspended four times. And if you don't watch, he can knock you out. He's knocked plenty of penguins out of games. He tried to do that the other night with Mark Jankowski, who went down with an injury, but he came back. But the point is, Tom Wilson is a guy you would love to have on your team. I've said it for years. I'd love to have Tom Wilson. I honestly believe because he's become a pretty decent and reliable top six player, he gets away with more now than he ever has because he's viewed as a pretty good player. But man, he can hit you and he will hit you. And even though that was not a headshot, it was a late hit. I thought the NHL was going to crack down on these kinds of things. But the question I have for you as hockey fans, Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan had a chance when they brought in Ryan Reeves to have that answer. Mike Sullivan did not play him. We've had this conversation before. I thought Mike Sullivan made a mistake in not playing him more. His limits were, his minutes were down, uh, and then obviously he was then traded. So now the Penguins don't have that person. Uh, and in a playoff series, that person could be very, very important against Tom Wilson. You wonder what this new regime will do, because Ron Hextoff, you know anything about him? He likes that physical play, I think, and so does Brian Burke, maybe more so than Hextoff. But who's out there to get is the question. Not many people can do what Tom Wilson does, and that makes him so valuable. Chris Letang broke his stick twice. I got to wonder about these sticks. I mean, the first time he blocked a shot, it's no fault of his own. The only thing I would have done if I were Chris Letang, and I said this on our highlights afterwards, I would have made a beeline right for the bench, got a stick, got back into play. Give me 10 seconds. And likely they weren't going to score in those 10 seconds. As it is, he couldn't get out of the zone. The Penguins couldn't clear the zone. 
And as a result, there was a goal scored. Tom Wilson was all alone in front. Uh, these kinds of things happen, uh, but they shouldn't happen on back-to-back plays. And then, you know, Latang's trying to take a shot or receive a pass or whatever it was, and it cracks again, and that leads to an open net goal. So uh, these sticks, I don't know who makes them, but you see crack sticks all the time on the ice. And they're pretty flimsy in that regard. Maybe they give you a lot of bend on the shaft or whatever the case, but man, when you get in that situation, especially when you're killing penalties, it is a difficult one to go. We'll continue with Penguin Talk. We'll get into some Steeler talk. But right now, the lines are open to you at 412-928-9370. Bill in New Stanton is first up. Hey, Bill, how are you today? Bill. Bill. Last call for Bill. All right, well. Bill, if you were listening to your radio or car or whatever, please turn it off and call back. You can't do that because we're on a delay and that always uh, messes with people. Anyway, so the Penguins will be at the Islanders tonight. The other interesting thing this week was that uh, Art Rooney II came out and spoke with Bob Labriola, who does a great job um, with the Steelers. Uh, and he pretty much doubled down on what happened the other night, which is to say that the Steelers came out and said, we want Ben Roethlisberger back. They haven't gone to a contract yet, mostly because they're trying to figure out what the cap will be and also because they want to you know, figure out ways to surround Roethlisberger with more offensive weapons. And I think that'll be the whole theme of this offseason. they got to figure out a way to get better offensive line, younger, up front, guys who could come right in. I expect them to draft two. I expect them to go out and sign one. And they also should bring in more and better running backs which will help their problem, and they need to commit to it. When they did in the first five games of this past season, they were really good with it, and all of a sudden that changed. But Art Rooney II said, quoting from Bob Labriola, Ben wants to come back and leave on high note. We're still confident he has the ability to do that. His arm, I would say, is as strong or almost stronger than ever, so he's certainly capable of getting that job done. And I think we saw over the first 10 games or so that he was. 103 passer rating, 22 touchdowns, four picks, but then everything changed over the final 10, and it was because they couldn't run, didn't want to run, ignored the run, and passed and and convinced themselves the short pass game was going to be effective and replace the run. Well, it didn't. It got worse. It became easy to defend, and some will question Roethlisberger's arm. My take on this, and I said it repeatedly after the season, and I'll continue to say it, I believe that Uh, His arm was coming off a surgery. It was likely going to be very difficult to get through a season, but he did. It could very well be that as the season went on, it would just, you know, because of the fatigue that may happen, you know, after recent surgery, that it affected him. I think with a full offseason under his belt, you can expect, and I'm sure Art Rooney would have conferred with his doctors on this, if they believe that, that his arm has fallen apart, they wouldn't come out with this statement. So we'll see what it means in terms of what they do in this offseason. I think it'll be a phenomenal offseason in terms of news because they have a lot of things they need to address. 412-928-937. Let's go to Howard in Regent Square. Hello, Howard. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you? Uh, real quick, I had the pleasure of meeting you in town when I was working valet several years ago, and uh, you're a perfect gentleman, and it was a pleasure meeting you. Where, where was that, Howard? This was at the uh, cab Hotel Monaco. Uh, oh, yeah, you, yeah. And your, you, and your, you and your wife were there. It was a pleasure meeting you, Bob. You Thank hit the you, nail too. right on the head as far as the Penguins are concerned in bringing up the Tom Wilson story. 
Uh, several years ago, we had a defenseman named Eric Branson, and uh, I think Jim Rutherford had to let him go because of the salary cap. But the thing that bothers me is that Branson was a good skater. He was a big, tough guy. The Penguins, uh, Mike Sullivan, I, I, I respect his coaching ability. He's done a great job. They're not going to go anywhere unless they get more physical. It's just a plain fact. And I think Sullivan's... Like I say, uh, he's he's an excellent coach. I I feel maybe he's being stubborn. They 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 need to have somebody. And as you mentioned, maybe there aren't that many people out there. But the Penguins need to be a tougher team. And uh, I'll just hang up, Bob, and listen to your comments on it. Thanks again. All right, Howard. Good talking to you again. And hopefully, I'll see you again down the road. Um, yeah, I just think that's a concern. But I think every team that plays against Washington has that concern. There are not any guys who fit that. Good Branson was a guy I liked. I was surprised that they didn't, uh, you know, keep him around. He, he was a guy, at least from that point of view, where you can have those collisions with uh, a guy like Tom Wilson, he's, and he's willing to mix it up. Um, but even, I'm talking about a forward, too. Somebody who can do that, they don't, you know, they're, they're trying to predicate their game on speed. I get it. That's been success, successful for them. But you need both. You still need physicality. The goon era of hockey is out the window. We're not talking goons. We're talking about people you have to be able to play, and that's the beauty of Tom Wilson, which is why every team in the NHL would love to have Tom Wilson. He's unique in that regard. He can do everything, including score game-winning goals like he did the other night. Let's go out to Jim, who joins us in the car. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, Bob. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning. It was uh, referencing uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Pony and Mahler. I listen to your station constantly. Uh, fortunately, you and a few of your guests are reasonable people. Uh, considering Tommy John surgery, the COVID, no camp, all young receivers, that, uh, several like Deontay Johnson he never worked with, the COVID year, you really didn't have full practices, the fatigue of an arm, just the thought of uh, his pedigree. Nobody considers all the drops. I think we led the league in drops. The Raven game alone, I think we dropped two or three touchdowns. What would have happened if Roethlisberger would have had 40 touchdowns and eight or nine picks and threw for 4,000 yards and everybody thinks he's washed up? Well, the Colt game, if you're washed up in your arm, you can't throw. Obviously, he can throw. Uh, timing was off, balls fluttered. But the Cleveland game, as he came back, the defense gave it up. That was only the second 500-yard performance in the history of the NFL. And other than the defense totally collapsing on three or four play drives, that would have been one of his legendary comebacks. And he gets no credit for anything. He's washed up. We need to move on. Who wants to move on? I'm, I'm 59. I remember Bradshaw had some bad years. These guys, he would have never won any Super Bowls because they'd have wanted a cannon before he had the chance. You know, everybody wants to give up on, move on to the next guy. It was 25 years between Bradshaw and Big Ben. <laughs> Your thoughts? <laughs> well, listen, all I'm saying is, while I thought most of the problems, Jim, in the latter half of the season had nothing to do with arms, to me it was about bad decisions. He needs to not make those bad decisions. There are throws you cannot make in certain, especially in that Cleveland game, and that had a lot to do with them being down 28 to nothing. So I'm not, uh, you know, looking at his situation saying uh, he, he was good in those games because he wasn't. He was not good later in the season. But it's funny how it shifted so quickly from being in the conversation for NFL MVP 11 games in to all of a sudden he's washed up. I don't believe it. I believe he still has what it will take. And I think a year off, hopefully with things returning to normal, hopefully with a little bit more of a training camp, it will have a positive effect. They only have one more year with him, and they want to try to continue to compete. Their best option, that's been my point all along, is Ben Roethlisberger. Does that mean Mason Rudolph can't succeed if given a chance? Maybe he can, maybe he can't. If, however, he was really good, I'm talking about Jim, really good when he played, he was better against Cleveland this year in his only opportunity, 
they would have probably made this decision to move forward. But I don't think they've come to that conclusion yet. So they want to make sure they have one more year and they'll see what it goes. Now, the hot takes are the hot takes. People want to always get rid of things left and right. Um, and yeah, I understand it. But We're I, but a it's, it's society. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I just tend not to be like that. I, I I think it's reasonable to expect that he should be better a year, two years removed from a surgery, and I think that's true. And I think you saw from the first ten games how capable he was. I mean, I looked at the numbers just before we came on today, and. 22 touchdowns, four picks, a 103 rating, and you're right. They were second, I think, in the NFL in drop passes. So there was, there, And their run game sucked. Let's be clear. they got to change that. Uh, and hopefully if they get you know, somebody to come in with a better offensive line, younger guys who can step right in and play, and there's no guarantee. It could be a disaster. But, but they're willing to go in that direction. Thanks, Jim, for the call. I appreciate it. we got Mark hanging on. Mark, we'll get to you right after a break. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. We're just getting started here. We have a lot going on. Our show is brought to you by the good people of PNC Bank. Make today the day at PNC and check out their virtual wallet. It's helped me a lot because I can't add or subtract, but it makes it easy with deposits, with deductions. Also, number one Cochrane, go one better and ride in style with number one Cochrane. Ireland Contracting, visit irelandcontracting.com. Nate the Great is behind the glass. He'll take your calls. I'm Bob Pompiani. Thanks for joining me on this Saturday. We'll continue live right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back. We continue at 412-928-9370. The Bob Pompiani Show is brought to you by PNC Bank. Make today the day. Number one, Cochran. Go one better. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. And also a little program note for you. Uh, we've been dropping these Pomp and Pony podcasts, Andrew Filipponi and I. Uh, just have some nice conversations with people in sports. Uh, we have some that uh, if you haven't heard, you should get a chance. It'd be a good way to pass 15 minutes. We keep them kind of short, uh, but we have good conversations. We've had Jim Nance, Chip Ganassi, Alan Fanica. Yesterday, we had one with Paul Azinger, lead golf analyst on NBC. He's doing the concession event this week. And then next week on Friday, I want you to know in advance, we have Jim Rutherford. How's he doing now that he's left the Penguins? And is he getting the itch to return? That's coming up next week on the Pomp and Pony podcast. In the meantime, we're here taking calls on the topics of the day. And let's get right out to it. We have Mark in North Hills hanging on. What's up, Mark? How are you? Hey, good, Bob. How are you? Uh, just wanted to good. talk a little bit about some of the things that Tom Wilson brings that the Pens needs. I think the biggest thing is net front presence, right? Be able to disrupt the goalie, crash the net. Plus, he has really good hands and a good shot. Um, I like Ryan Reeves, but he was more of just sort of a bruiser, a fighter uh, without the hands. Uh, we also need someone to get in front of that net other than Jake Gensel, right? Because Jake Gensel is really not a big guy to be Although Jake showed you punishment. some, you know what? Uh, Mark, that you know, he did a good job to get around Dylan the other night. He won the puck along the boards, cut in front, and made a beautiful play. That was a physical play from a guy who's not known. Yeah, I would agree, but I think his stability in front of the net to disrupt the goalie and to really make it hard for those defensemen to move him. You know, I think we need someone right. bigger that has that ability. Well, they had Hornquist and they traded him away. Right, and you see what Hornquist is doing. I think he has nine or ten goals for Florida, right? Yeah, he's been good. So he's doing and very Florida well. Florida is one of the top teams in their division. Yeah, so, but where do you get him, Mark? Where do you get a guy like that? Uh, that's a good question because, like you said, Sullivan likes the speed, but most of the time you don't have the speed with someone that's that big. Um, and that's why Tom Wilson brings that. He 
offering speed, physicality, and hands. And you're right, it's hard. Where do you find that, right? So that's that's the big question, if and when they could do that. But I think it well, goes a long way out. to helping them. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. Ron Hextall just hired his good friend Chris Pryor. Um, and as Mark Caboli just said, he has a prior experience working with Hextall. But Chris Pryor has a good relationship with Hextall, and a lot of people thought he was coming in to help him originally. So Chris Pryor has been hired by the Penguins. They just announced that. Um, and that's good. I mean, you want guys who have good relationships. He's a scout. He's been around. I think he was with Nashville recently. So that's uh, a news item of the day. Let's go to Oakmont because there is someone named Mad who might be mad or maybe happy. What's up, Mad? Mad. Well, it sounds like Mad is just trying to uh, start his weekend in a very nice way by some soothing music. Title Man joins us at Harrison City. What's up, Title Man? Title Man, are you there? Okay, he dropped. Let's go to JV in the Penn Hills. JV, what's going on with you? Yes, sir. I appreciate the call. Uh, Let me uh, speak here. Uh, sure. Rosenberger, they need to bring them back. There's no question. And 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 Dupree, those two to come back. The Stewards will. Well, they're not. Gonna, the Dupree's going to be a hard one. Well, he's going to be a hard one, but he also is an excellent player. I was—I have to admit I was wrong about him. And getting to the Penguins, this team has come back and won games by down by two goals. Uh, they're ahead of the Washington uh, uh, series. And uh, one game, like the last game, doesn't dictate what they're doing. Their speed and their jump is going to be their key. They're not going to be the most physical team, but they're certainly got some speed. And uh, I, I appreciate uh, Crosby every day easier. Oh, you should. I mean, he's one of those guys who gives it. Uh, he's so good at playing all aspects of the game. And while a guy like Connor McDavid may be the most talented guy, and he is. I mean, he's tremendously gifted. Ultimately, Connor McDavid, uh, McDavid and the Oilers are going to have to get into the postseason and win. Uh, and I think that'll be the one thing. Now, it takes time. There's no question. I think Edmonton has messed up a lot of their player personnel decisions since Connor McDavid was drafted. And they got to get better with that. They have a great one-two punch with he and Dreisaitl. Um, but Crosby brings the 200-foot game, and he's still a veteran of, uh, of how to you he's know, win faceoffs. He's on Mount Rushmore at Pittsburgh. That's definite. Yeah, the Mount Rushmore. People like talking about Mount Rushmore, but um, they're, you know, fortunately in Pittsburgh, JB, we have a lot of good candidates. We'd need more than four to make it actually Excellent. work. Excellent, but they, there's there's nobody, and and, and if they brought Flurry back, that'd be the best two popular hockey players that ever played in Pittsburgh. Well, you know, it's interesting. You brought up Mark Andre Flurry, and next week during our podcast with Jim Rutherford, we asked him about that, uh, and I'll just give you a, a sneak peek of it that he's he said yes they actively went after him but he also had something good to say about him now and you can hear that again next friday when it becomes available on our pomp and pony podcast thanks jv for the call at 412-928-9370 um so yeah you know I, it's hard to find guys like that and the penguins have been a resilient group there's no question about that when they're down they're not out they keep battling back and they did the other night in that game it was two nothing capitals after a wonderful goal by tj oshi it was Crosby-esque, one-handed while airborne, lifts it past Tristan Jari. And they tied that game because of goals that were good ones. Tanev immediately answered. It was shorthanded. And then it was Gensel with a power move. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Washington took advantage of their opportunities, which is what they can do. 
Yeah, the Penguins have uh, won the season series with them, and that's fine, but they still trail overall. The one thing about the Penguins that I like, if they can get through this stretch here, is they have not yet played the Sabres, and they have not yet played the Devils. And that's not to say that those teams aren't capable of getting better and, you know, giving the Penguins problems, but I think they are looked at as the two easiest opponents in the East. So they're going to have 16 games with those two teams coming up. And, you know, that's when, if they're close, they could jump ahead by taking advantage of them. But the Sabres are a mystery to me. I thought they'd be better. They added Taylor Hall to go with Jack Eichel. Skinner is just, I don't know what his deal is. He's been a healthy scratch at times. Um, that, that team always would probably disappoint me if I lived in Buffalo. I expected more, and I'm, I'm getting less if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan. The Devils have some good young people, but they're young, and they're capable. I think the Rangers, if they ever get Artemi Panarin back, and how about that story? Artemi Panarin is, uh, is out on personal leave because of a story that he claims maybe was made up by Vladimir Putin and his people. So, um, you know, the KHL has denied it. They say we have no, no evidence of anything like that. I, apparently there was a report that came out from a former coach of uh, Artemi Panarin. Uh, who came out and he's a he's a pro Putin guy and he said no no back in 2011 he assaulted somebody and Panarin immediately said no but Panarin has been vocal against Putin so nothing would surprise me there and you know he's trying to get that situation now if he comes back the Rangers just beat the Bruins pretty badly the other night they're a good young team and you know again it will depend on how they're goaltending a lot of these teams have young goaltending and they need to take care of that and see what happens uh, moving forward but all right, uh, another interesting story that happened this week, and it, it, it's hard for me to understand why, it, all these transfers. Now listen, transfers in college basketball have become very common. They're increasing with each and every year. And with the pandemic forcing the NCAA to say, hey, we're not gonna uh, allow you to sit out. You can go move right from team to team. Well, that's opened up the floodgates. A lot of these guys are just moving, but four transfers under Jeff Capel, including two this week to two of their best players, without much explanation about why. However, is there a positive to this? We'll discuss that when we come back. 412-928-9370. This is the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back. As we continue at 412-928-9370, you can also tweet me at KDPomp. We have uh, a pit situation. It's not just a pit situation, I guess. It is also a Duquesne and an NCAA college basketball situation. Remember the Dukes lost in St. Carey and uh, Lamar Norman Jr. And given the way this pandemic has been, and you know, you're trying to be fair to people, these ki- these kids do commit a lot of time without having any interaction with their families. So I, it's tough. There's no question. But this transfer is good in a way and bad in a way. And the good part of it is, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't like what's going on and you believe that, you know, you have an opportunity to do something and you're not getting it, you can move along to another team. We've seen transfers up 40% this year. They've been going up anyway, even before the pandemic. But it also is an easy out if you're just not willing to you know, work to get better, to make yourself a player, whatever the case may be. Now, there are some issues, and again, in the pit situation, I don't know specifically the issues. You hear all rumors and everything else, but until I know, all I know is a mutual parting by both guys who have moved on. That follows Trey McGowan's. Uh, and, you know, um, 
see, it was Trey McGowan's. It was uh, a kid who went to Duquesne. It was Xavier Johnson and Adi's Tony. Uh, so that's four guys. And whatever reasons they have, they have. But it's quick to move to another team. We've seen that with Oscar Shibway. Now, in West Virginia's case, they've gotten better without him. And he's a really good player. But the question is, how do you coach in this environment? How do you coach knowing that guys can just pick up and leave? Maybe, in Jeff Capel's case, this will be good. Because you're going to have a bunch of opportunities with extra scholarships that you haven't used now. And you'll get them back. And if because people are transferring all over the country here, maybe you can go out and get guys who will transfer to Pitt. You know, I think Jeff Capel is a good coach. I think he can use that as an opportunity to say, come here, play here immediately in the ACC. Look what's happened with guys like Justin Champagny. But I also wonder about his future as well. 412-928-9370. We got Alan in Nashville, Tennessee. Go ahead, Alan. How are you? Welcome to the program. Good morning, Bob. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, You're the exact person I was hoping to get a hold of because of your past experience and and your professionalism, I think. But I had a question for you, primarily on the Steelers and sort of the opinion or sports landscape right now in the Pittsburgh, I guess, fan base. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering what your thoughts were. It has become so negative. Um, And, you know, whether it's Coach Tomlin and, you know, three playoff wins in 10 years. I mean, if you go by that, then what are we doing with, like, Sean Payton? Or are we getting rid of Pete Carroll? Or if you think about it, Andy Reid. Andy Reid went from a coach that was, you know, couldn't win the big one, really, to the best Hall of Fame coach in the world two years ago with Patrick Mahomes. So now you're looking at, he's had three legitimate shots with Patrick Mahomes, and he's one out of three. And if, you know, he loses the next couple of years in the playoffs, is he back to being a failure again? But just the overall theme, I hate to say it, coming from that station, especially the afternoon guys, like this team is so behind and they're stuck in the 70s or 80s. They want to do the things their way. And yet they're doing things that I've seen, you know, with the Devin Bush trade, with the Mika Fitzpatrick trade, signing guys like Joe Hayden at the last minute. They never used to do stuff like that before. And I just wonder, you know, where this negativity, believe me, I, there's things about I want to throw my uh, football through the screen sometimes, or I want to grab Coach Tomlin and shake him sometimes. <laughs> but I legitimately think he's a top five coach in the league, and I think the organization is one of the best in football. He's just not going to win Super Bowls <clears throat> in every decade. It just doesn't work that way. No. And I was wondering. I, listen, Alan, I think, um, first of all, I have great respect for those guys, uh, Andrew and Chris. But I also think it's a product of just today's 24 7 sports, podcasts, blogs. In order to get hits, and this is just generally my point, you're going to try to make a take that's out there. A lot of times, national guys, if you watch some of those shows, they're throwing anything against the wall. And they don't take responsibility for it when it doesn't work. You know what I mean? I mean, you can make any assertion you want. um, And and that style is popular among younger people, Alan. I get it. Uh, And I'm not making an excuse. Mike Tomlin in the postseason has not been good. But I think generally, to your point, and I've made the same point, that it's difficult to win. Look what's happening in Seattle now. Russell Wilson apparently wants maybe out because uh, he doesn't agree with how they put together a team. You got – this is how and – and it also ties into the transfer of college uh, basketball. You guys now are dictating where they're going. It's difficult to be a coach and keep a team together. I think that's one of the biggest things that you have to try to do with a team, and I think Tomlin does that well. 
I think some of his decision-making and strategy and slow starts, that's all coming back. You know, he's not above that criticism. The Steelers are one of the worst teams in starting games. They were awful this year in the first quarter. That's coaching, too. But I think <clears throat> Art Rooney and his group over there, they're, they're not one to make just quick knee-jerk reactions every way. I think the Roethlisberger situation is one that, for whatever reason, everyone's thrown every kind of criticism at Roethlisberger. I don't know that we really know what happened internally there with why they threw the ball as much as they did. The convenient way to just say, well, Roethlisberger wants to throw it. Well, first of all, you know, you would think that with that arm situation being what it was, that he wouldn't want to throw it as much. And to me, that also explains why his air completion rate wasn't as good late in the season. I think his arm was maybe tiring a bit based on that surgery. That's why I also believe, I think, with a year under his belt uh, and hopefully some you know, off-season activity in terms of training camp will help him, and that's why they believe he can be effective this year. Who knows? We'll see. But, I mean, hot takes are part of today's culture. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 tend not, I tend not to go that way. I, I, I believe strong in what I believe. And it's not always the popular thing to say because I think people we do post game shows. Chris Hoke and I after Steeler games, Alan. I hope you watch if you do. But um, you know, I people will call in immediately upset about something and want people fired immediately. Well, that's just not going to happen. We waste our time talking about it, in my opinion. I agree with that. I agree. Hey, Bob, can I ask you one other question, real quick? Sure. Um, with Ben, you know, there was a lot of speculation over the past couple of weeks about what's going on behind the scenes. Like, why is this taking so long? You know, the Steelers almost seemed to seem to be neutral on whether or not Ben was coming back. I know there was speculation, like they wanted him to make a decision so they didn't have to and that kind of thing. Do you think there's any chance that they were sort of uh, gauging interest around the league, at least maybe the Steelers told Ben, his agent, you know, go out there and see if you're interested, you know, gauge to see if there's any interest. If not, then we'll make a decision either bring you back or retire. <clears throat> well, I don't know if that happened. I don't know that it didn't happen. Uh, what I do know is that I think uh, they, they were true in their conviction. They wanted to see how much money they're going to have to deal with. And I think they are going to take Ben up on his word that money's not a factor. Now, that part of this equation has not been done yet. Could things fall apart exactly. based on the contract? Yes, they could. But it seems to me that Ryan Toner made it pretty clear that there's not going to be much of a pay reduction here. There's going to be more of a pay redistribution in the form of a new contract that won't necessarily be a new contract. It'll be an opportunity to spread money down the road. So uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I... I don't think they would bring him back. I think there was probably some split decisions in the upper management. Some probably said, well, maybe we should move on from him. Others, no, no, we can't. We shouldn't. Who knows? They came That's to the conclusion. Thought, it took them a while, but I think those conversations do happen, Alan. And thank you for the call. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, let's go out to Jerry, who joins us in Conway. What's up, Jerry? How you doing? Well, this is like talking a royalty, Pittsburgh sports royalty. I'll talk to you. Hey, man, I'm just, it's pumping ain't easy, you know. I'm just sitting here. I like talking to people, and I, and I do exchange opinions, and I like that. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I wanted to talk was about, like, a lot of people are sort of, like, downgrading or sort of having questions with Coach Cable. But if you really look at it, I mean, going into next year, he only had one senior leaving. Okay, now he had other guys, and – Everybody's making such a big deal, 
these two guys, if they're not a good fit, they're not a good fit. Granted, the first year he had to grab whatever he could, whatever he could grab. He grabbed uh, McGowan, uh, uh, Tony, and he grabbed uh, Johnson. Uh, Johnson, yeah, okay. But it seemed to me, whenever remember we had Hamilton for a, a year. He was a uh, college transfer. He was a uh, center or whatever. Maybe it was last year. He said as much as his closing that there was some problems in the locker room as far as, like, animosity. So if they're not getting along and you don't have any team, because I coached high school sports, if you have no team chemistry and they don't get along, then they're really not doing any good for that team. I mean, you're, you're losing with them. So he brought in a bunch of good forward, uh, centers and forwards, Collier, uh, Jeffress, these other kids, uh, Oda Kelly. See what you got with them. You might have more of a team chemistry. And the way, and one more, just one question is: Is this is the way it's going to be with college sports as far as basketball is concerned? The leaving and everything, whenever they feel like it. Well, apparently it's heading in that direction. So John Calipari is way ahead of the game there. He has a one and done mentality, and he's not been shy about telling people that. And uh, I listen. One thing I'll say, Jerry, is that when they came in uh tony johnson champagne these guys they all made an immediate impact they did but i think in the case of johnson he has not exactly progressed he's maybe you can argue taking a step back i don't listen would you want to have him yes he's your point guard they only have three games left this season has totally fallen apart that could have also been rye but these guys if they don't like the culture has changed and and you see it in the pro level like i said superstar athletes or anybody who feels like they have some this this uh equity that they could they could say look i'm leaving okay fine well first of all you know in the case of pros they've often signed long-term contracts with big money at stake and they still want to leave at some point people have to say wait a minute does your signature not mean anything you're signed here we need you here we're centering our play around you here Instead, it's the guy who's complaining about decisions made, you know, on, on, you know, by the coach or by the program or by the team, the franchise. I don't know where this is headed, but, but if you're going to do it, Jerry, I will say this. If, if you're Jeff Cable, then play the game. If you're um, any coach out there who has lost guys to transfer, then go after other guys. I think this is where it's going to go now. You're going to see aggressive coaches try to move in on other people, and that could have a negative thing down the road, too. I don't know where it ends. The pandemic has allowed this to happen even more so, and, and I think fairly. I, I think people do have, um, you know, concerns about being closer to the family, whatever the case may be. But uh, I think you're going to see more and more transfers, and I think if that's the case, then Jeff Capel has to, uh, you know, play the game as well, don't you? Yeah, well, he's going to have to sort of go ahead and be on top of these other – like I think he's trying to get the one kid coming up from um, FI, FIU, the, the center – He's trying to go, or not the center, but the point guard or whatever. But, I mean, so in other words, what you're saying is the days of the kid coming in here and – Four I years? No. It's not happening, right? No, I, I think that's – you're going to see far fewer cases of that. I really do. I think – and thank you for the call, Jerry. I appreciate that. But I think in the case now of Justin Champagny, if you're him, you know, your best player, he was leading the ACC in scoring, you're going to ask yourself this. Do I stick around here? 
or not? Because there are some people who believe he could be NBA. I'm not one of them yet. I think Justin Champagne needs to show me he can shoot a, a mid-range jump shot on a consistent basis, if not three points. Uh, because at his height, he's not going to be able to survive playing the way he does in the NBA. He's going to have to make it more of a complete game. So he may want to stay and hone that skill, or he can transfer and hone it someplace else. Who knows what could go on there? But again, there's so much uncertainty about how these teams will come together and what is next. Uh, it used to be the days of, okay, you, you commit here, you're going to be here for four, maybe five years. Unless you're a really superb talent, then you go straight to the NBA after year one or two, whatever it is. Now... Um, you know, these, these are opportunities that all guys are seeking. And if you find a situation better for you, but like I said, the downtime of that is the fact that it gives them an out. And it's almost like you don't want to try to get better. You know, sometimes tough love is good. If you don't like the tough love because you think your coach is being unfair to you, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be worse off if you just go from place to place and expect it to be handed to you. You got to work at it sometimes. And I think that's one thing that's been lost in this. Uh, the guys are not willing to stick around and try to work themselves out of whatever situation they're in. And a lot of times it's because of them. It's self-inflicted. Uh, you got to work hard at it sometimes. Easy way out is just, oh, I'm leaving. Now, I don't know specifics, again, about what happened with these guys. So I'm, I don't know why. And I wish we did know why. But if you're Jeff Cable, if you're Keith Dambrod, if you're anyone in college basketball now, look for transfers. If you're going to be bitten by it, if you're going to be victimized by it, you might as well just start going out and looking at, you know, fend for yourself kind of mentality. All right, we're going to take a break here. We've got another hour to go. It's 412-928-9370. We're talking about Tom Wilson. We're talking about Ben Roethlisberger, pit transfers. Also, next hour, I want to get into Tiger Woods and your thoughts about what happened to him. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. And right now, it's time for Fan Weather, which is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet, Route 19 in South Hills, get a great deal on a newer pre-owned vehicle at sunchevy.com. And today, we got a morning shower. Otherwise, the temperature is going to move up near 60, 56 degrees for the expected high. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers, low of 39. And tomorrow, periods of rain, again, a high of 56. And then we may see about four or five straight days of sunshine. Oh, yeah, baby. We're getting closer to spring. Thanks for being along for the ride. we got another hour to go. If you want to get in, you can hit me up on Twitter at KD Pomp or 412-928-9370. This is the Bob Pompiani Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.